Hello, believers. It's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger Podcast, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and people who want to create impact in the world, find the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. And so here we are at another episode of season six. And today we are going to be talking about rise up and walk. This is actually one of my very favorite stories in the Bible. Just so good and so much meat on the bone for us. And it is coming from Acts chapter three, verses two through 10. And so it reads as thus. It says, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from him. Then Peter said, silver or gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So this episode is all about overcoming. And as we progress to that theme, we're going to be talking about birth defects, stop begging, rising up and walking. So let's start with birth defects. Our scripture says a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. All of us have things that we either were born with or have inherited from our families, things that make it a little harder for us to get along in this world. Maybe you never knew your father, or maybe you were born into poverty or an abusive household. Maybe your mom wasn't in a position to raise you. You might have been neglected or abused, but whatever it is, many of us have had something that has made it a little harder to get along in the world. And some people are very rare few. They don't have any struggles in their childhood. Every day was a sunny day and they were loved and nurtured and their parents were there and had a great relationship and all of that. But for most of us, more times than not, there's something. And even if it's not a a condition or of a broken relationship, some of us were born with things, um, physical things, okay, health wise, that make it a little bit harder for us to get along in the world. And that was the case with this man. He had been physically crippled since birth and had to be carried everywhere he went. And some of us have been crippled in such a way that other people have had to carry us, you know, have had to carry our burdens and they've had to carry our anger and our resentment and our bitterness and our envy, our distrust of other people, our whatever it is that keeps us from living a full and complete life. And these are the types of things you notice this season, I'm digging a little bit deeper into you, (laughs) into you, the listener, into your psyche, because we all know social media doesn't tell the story. 
social media doesn't tell the whole story. I'll say that social media doesn't tell the story of our resentments and our disappointments and our heartbreaks. It does for some because some people just can't help but to put their business on out there. But for a lot of us, especially a lot of us who are are trying to influence and impact people in a positive way, you know, we don't put the whole story out there. You know, we just carry those things right on along. And other people in our lives have had to bear the weight of the things that have kept us from living a full and complete life. So they've carried that anger. They've carried that bitterness. They've carried those emotions. And because people have carried these things and tolerated these things from us, in essence, they have become our enablers. Do you know what an enabler is? An enabler is someone who rather than confronts your issue or your challenge or your problem, they facilitate They make it easier for you to do it. They take it. They deal with it. They turn the other cheek. They make excuses for you or, you know, they they encourage you in in the way that you're feeling. They become enablers. And rather than get to the root of the problem or rather than set appropriate boundaries or rather than ending the emotional manipulations, rather than having that difficult conversation, they place us in positions to profit from the problem. Let me repeat that. Rather than get to the root of the problem, rather than set appropriate boundaries, rather than ending the emotional manipulation, rather than having the difficult conversation, they place us in positions to profit from the problem. Why? Because dysfunction demands attention. It cannot survive without it. Dysfunction demands attention. And so when we carry these hurts, okay, or we carry these pains, there are people in our lives that make it easy for us to do that. And why do we do it? Because it profits us in some way. It benefits us in some way. It either gets us attention or it gets us sympathy or it gets us a free pass or it gives us some leeway. But there is some benefit in some way we profit in our minds from being spiritually crippled. And that is because dysfunction demands attention. When you have a dysfunction, you notice people just don't be like dysfunctional in the corner by themselves somewhere. Oh no, that's too much like, right. You know, dysfunction demands an audience. It cannot survive without it because unless somebody is paying attention to me, unless somebody is engaging me, unless somebody is, is tolerating what I'm dishing out, it just takes all the air out of the dysfunction. So it has to be unleashed on somebody. And sadly, in so many ways, we profit from that dysfunction. This is why people air their dirty laundry on Facebook. And then they check incessantly to see who liked it and who commented. Drama demands an audience. And sadly, there's so many of us, too many of us that are willing to be in that audience. We're willing to be in that number. This man that was placed by the temple gate daily, because that's where he likely would get the largest audience necessary for him to benefit. Think about that. They could have placed him in the market. 
which is another high traffic area. But instead, they placed him at the temple. They placed him at the church because he wanted to appeal to people and their sense of charity. And so he figured believers or people who believed in God or people who were very religious, he could appeal to their sense of charity. And many of us are playing the role of the beggar. We are leveraging things that happened to us decades ago, years ago, eons ago to gain sympathy and profit. And others of us, if you're not in that number, are enablers where we continue to nurture the dysfunction because it's easier for us to tolerate it than it is to confront it. Which brings us to stop begging. Verses three and four say, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. So this man had been so in the routine of begging that he didn't even care or notice who the money came from as long as they were giving him what he asked for. And some of us get so settled in our dysfunction that we don't even notice what's happening around us. We don't even care who we get the attention from as long as we get the attention, you know, so we don't even notice what's happening in our surroundings because the dysfunction has become the focus. But here, Peter and John, when they said, look at us, they had no intention of giving this man money. They looked at this man the way that Jesus looks at us. They looked beyond his physical condition and saw his need. Jesus looks beyond our faults and gives us what we need to overcome the dysfunction. And some of us, because we've become so addicted to dysfunction or we've become so accustomed to dysfunction or we've become addicted to what we get from the dysfunction. We get addicted to the attention and we get addicted to the perks that there's a part of us that doesn't want to get better, that doesn't want to overcome the dysfunction or to get well. But thanks be to God that Jesus sees beyond all of that and he will always send the tools that are necessary to help us overcome the dysfunction. Sometimes as as believers or or those of us who are enablers, sometimes we have to be the ones to disrupt the cycle of dysfunction, to be brave and bold enough to say, enough is enough. You're not going to go another year like this. You're not going to go another week like this. You're not going to go another day like this because this is not the plan that God has for you. Regardless of how you started or regardless of how you've been crippled, you don't have to stay in that condition. Sometimes we have to be bold enough to face people. And I mean, actually face them, not text them, not call them, but lovingly confront them. Even the Bible says, Matthew 18, if your brother offends you, go to him in love in hopes of restoring your brother to you in hopes of restoring that relationship. So when Peter said, look at us, he didn't mean a casual glance. He meant pay attention and focus. He meant snap out of it. Okay. He meant step out of your feelings and into reality because what you feel and what's real are not always the same thing. Let me repeat that. What you feel and what's real are not always the same thing. There's a difference between feelings 
and facts, okay? Your perception of how that relationship was with your father or that perception of that relationship or how it was with your mother or with your siblings or with your ex or with your spouse or with your whomever, your perception of that may not be accurate. What you might be experiencing is your feelings clouding the facts and the reality of the situation. And you may not know the whole story or you don't want to know the whole story because it doesn't fit neatly with your narrative of your perceptions about that situation. And so in our story, this man gave them his attention because he was expecting to receive something from them. Don't get it twisted. Don't be fooled. Sometimes people are only paying attention to you because they are expecting to get something from you. You need to be able to distinguish between the people who are genuinely interested in you for you versus those who are only interested in what you can give. Likewise, if you are living in dysfunction, stop looking for an audience for your mess. Stop looking for the sympathy or the hookup or the handout and start looking at the root of the problem. This man's problem was not his poverty. It was his inability to manage his life independently because of his disability. His ailment made him believe that he could only be useful as a beggar. Likewise, our problems aren't that we don't get enough attention or that we don't get enough likes or, or followers on social media or that we don't make enough money. The problem is that we've allowed our setbacks to define us and limit the scope of what we can achieve, which brings us to rise up and walk. Verses six and seven. Then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. You know what I love about this here? Don't miss this. It says taking him by the hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. What's not said here, but what's implied in that verse is that when Peter reached his hand down to help him up, guess what? The man had to reach back. When Peter reached his hand down, the man had to reach up in order to be helped up. When somebody is trying to extend a hand to you to pull you out of your dysfunction, you have a responsibility to lift your hand up so that you can be helped up. Okay, I'm going to just had to throw that one in there. Peter didn't. Peter said, I'm not going to participate in your pity party. What you're asking for, I don't have it to give to you. But what I do have, I will give. And he gave him Jesus. Now, many of us would roll our eyes at that, you know, thinking, oh, here y'all go. You just always say, you know, well, just pray about it or just give them Jesus. But hold on, hold on. Before you, you roll your eyes and you get cynical about Jesus, think about what your life was like before you met Jesus. Think about what your life was like before you had a relationship with Jesus. Think about where your life was headed before you met Jesus. Think about where you would be right now if it had not been for Jesus. We need to stop trivializing the power of Jesus to transform lives. Peter said, silver and gold is not going to address the root of your problem. The attention that we give to people in dysfunction is not going to help the root of their problem. We need to stop trivializing the power of Jesus to transform lives. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The book of Acts is all about the acts of the apostles, the things that the apostles did 
after Jesus left. Okay, so after Jesus ascended back into heaven, the book of Acts is about all the things that the apostles did in his absence. And so Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, that same power, that same Jesus that restored that man's ankles and and, and put running in his feet is the same Jesus that can transform lives today. The same power that pulled this man out of his crippled state is the same power that can lift us out of our dysfunction, out of our addiction, out of our bitterness, out of our resentment. And for the enablers, Okay, for those of us who have been enabling and allowing the dysfunction to continue, listen, Jesus saves, not us. Jesus saves. The Bible says some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. So you can put your cape down and you can stop being captain save of somebody because it's not your job to save. It is your job to point people to the one who can save because eventually your resources are going to run out. Eventually your patience is going to run out. Eventually you are go- your well is going to run dry. And when it does, that person will pivot and turn to somebody else so that they can get what they need from a different person. And so what you're doing by enabling the behavior is not helping that person. But Jesus doesn't have resources. He is the source. Okay. He doesn't have resources. He doesn't have, you know, some well that's going to want run dry. He said, if you drink from me, you will never thirst again. So Peter and John did not heal this man. Jesus healed this man. But what they did do was help him take his first step. Verses eight through 10 says he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit at begging at the temple gate called beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. When Jesus grants you the power to rise up and walk away from your dysfunction, people are going to recognize it. People are going to notice a change in your life. Attention, the attention that that we seek in dysfunction is not going to satisfy. Money is not going to satisfy. Clothes and shoes and likes on social media, those things are not going to satisfy because they're not going to get at the root of the problem. Those things cannot replace the peace of knowing that it is well with your soul, the peace that surpasses all understanding, those things cannot compare to that. Where you started in this life, your beginning is not your ending. Um, I love this saying, don't let your current situation make you believe that that's your final destination because it's just not the truth. You can rise up and walk away from whatever has been holding you back up to this point. And for those of you who are enabling them, enable them to find answers and and salvation in Christ. You are not able to take on that responsibility, that role on your own. Jesus saves, we don't. And it is our job to point people to the one who can save. Woo. So believers, that is it for rise up and walk. And you know what I'm about to say, 
Join Believers in Action. I want you guys over in our group and our digital space. It's a good time and it's good tools and resources and teaching and engagement in the things that matter in helping people come out of their dysfunction and helping to create impact in the world and change this world for a better place. So I hope to see you guys over there and I hope to see you in my comments, in my Instagram and on Twitter, how much you're enjoying this season. So hit me up at Dr. Shantae Says and I will see you next time.